Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. And for the first time in 2019, the lights have taken full effect. From backdoor sliders to the batter's eye, and finally, up to the booth, Ken Korak takes you inside the game with Taking Effect. Now, here's the voice of the A's, Ken Korak. With Scott Emerson, the A's pitching coach, another edition of Taking Effect as we continue our series of building a major league pitcher. And today, I think this is really going to be interesting and informative and I think to a certain degree informative Scott because there's so many things that are thrown out there now that um, our listeners are used to hearing stuff like just a spin rate spin rate on a curveball or uh, devices that are used now like the Rapsodo machine but it doesn't do us any good to talk about those things unless there's some context so that um, you know the concepts aren't too too out there or too esoteric. I mean, we want to make all these things relatable, I think, and that helps uh, fans uh, gain a greater understanding as to what you do in your job. So if we start with, I guess, the baseline of things right now, and because uh, we've talked in the past about Mike Fires, who has this great curveball uh, and, and the high spin rate on his curveball. So let's just start with that. Can you explain, when we talk about a spin rate, what you're talking about? All right. Uh, spin rate, uh, first of all, uh, baseball has a technology that's used at every major league stadium. And as of now, it's called TrackMan. It's a big black, black box that's uh, uh, located up by the press box. And it's a radar device pretty much that measures what the baseball is constantly doing. So it measures from 55 feet in front of home plate until the ball reaches home plate. So when a pitcher throws the ball out of his hand, immediately it calculates the spin, whether it has backspin or top spin or side spin. So that's where you get the spin rate, just how the ball spins, the way it's spinning towards home plate, uh, it's backspin and it's top spin. So uh, different pitches have different types of spin. Some are tight, some are loose. And then there's also what's called an axis spin is, uh, you know, the earth rotates along its axis. And the best way to, to explain it is take a, uh, a, a long nail, cut it through the middle of the baseball going um, horizontally, and then just spin the baseball backwards on that nail and you'll see that, that baseball spin. So then you take the two ends of the nail mm-hmm. and you move the ends of the nail up and down and that's kind of the access of how the ball will end up moving 
So uh, we want our guys, uh, obviously, on you know four seams fastballs to create a good tight backspin on a good access where the access is, on, just say you're backspinning the baseball and it's going from out of your fingertips from 12 o'clock and it backspins to 6 o'clock. And it maintains that all the way down the pitching lane to home plate. And uh, it also gets measured on a true straight line. So uh, the, the TrackMan technology and the radar technology takes out the gravity and how the ball would spin if it stayed in that straight line immediately out of the pitcher's hand. So let's, let's say the impl implementation of the data now, Scott, and let's say you have a pitcher who has a, a four-seam fastball, but uh, the spin rate isn't where you want it. So how does a pitcher take a look at the data and try to improve the spin rate, which then would lead to uh, uh, more success for him on the mound? Well, now, uh, now we bring in another uh, technology, technology element, and it's called high-speed cameras. There's some good high-speed cameras out there. We use one of them, and uh, we're able to see exactly where the fingers are leaving the baseball. And like I said earlier on that access break, are my fingers on the fastball throwing the baseball with good backspin, and my hand is staying behind the baseball, and as it spins off, uh, my hand, it leaves my fingertips at the bottom third of the baseball, which keeps that ball rotating on, on a 12-6 uh, backspin plane going to home plate. If my hand is off to the sides, either side, that's the axis of where our hand is, then that ball could cut. That ball could uh, move from right to left, left to right, and do many different things. So uh, we're able to use these high-speed cameras to bring in how long do we have to stay on the baseball, uh, where do our fingers want to stay on the baseball, where's our wrist position, where's our uh, elbow in relationship to our shoulder. So, you know, there's a lot more that comes into this. Now, do you work with all the pitchers on the A staff on these kinds of things, and has everybody bought into it? Well, you know, it's, it's fairly new within probably the last five years. So, you know, your veteran pitchers, some can be uh, uh, skeptical of it. But, uh, you know, the one thing I really want to say is um, it's really tough to teach these, uh, these to get a higher spin rate. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, I'll, I'll tell you, there's four things, so there's five things really that the baseball will do. Like I said, when it moves forward, that's our velocity. When the ball goes down, that's gravity taking effect. And uh, there's also uh, the wind holding up the ball. We call that drag. And there's also what's called the Magnus force, which is, is really tough. The Magnus force kind of keeps the ball floating in the air. And, uh, you know, I'm not the greatest uh, scientist in the world, but, you know, when you're studying your craft, you, you do know going forwards velocity, the ball moving down has some gravity effect. The ball staying up with the Magnus force and obviously cutting into the, into the wind, uh, you get some drag. So the Magnus force is the toughest thing to do is to have the pitchers have the ability to keep the ball up. But what a tight spin rate does is, you know, the pitchers are throwing from a 10-inch mound, they're throwing downhill, but it has the ability to, the Magnus force with the backspin has the, the ability for the ball to appear to stay higher longer. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't give the appearance of sinking because most pitchers get out in front and you want to throw the ball a little bit downhill. You, the hitter's appearance thinks the ball will be sinking. But uh, with that good tight backspin, it stays up in the zone a little bit longer. So take, let's, let's take a step back and go back for the, maybe the last two or three years because things have been developing really quickly when it comes to your uh, field of work with, with pitching and, and the use of, of science and analytics. How did this all develop, Scott, and how much 
much have you had to study it? How does that how does that work for you as far as the the knowledge that you have to gain um, in in order for you to do your job at, at the best that you can do it? Well, I, I with, with all the technology, it's still up to the pitcher executing the pitch. Um, you know, I've seen guys that have really good uh, spin rates on their curveballs, and and that's not the not, you, you need a combination of everything. The delivery pays an important part into uh, a pitcher's deception of how he delivers the ball, but we really can't quantify whether the guy has a great delivery or not. And I talk about guys bailing out to the left or bailing out to the right, and they show the baseball a little bit longer. He may be able to spin the baseball really good uh, with, with top to bottom action, but uh, the hitter seeing the baseball for a longer period of time gives the hitter a little bit more of an advantage to where a guy that can create the same height released and the same spin but he stays in his delivery a little bit better offers better deception and he hides the baseball longer from the hitter so in reality all this spin stuff is great i love it i love to take all the information but it's not the the uh the end all to how guys can pitch you know you see guys oh he's got great spin he's got great this but he doesn't execute pitches you still need to be able to execute pitches but what it can do is we can see guys around the league or even on our own team and say hey you do this really well we got to find a way to get you in the zone and sequence your pitches a little bit better and that's where the technology really comes into play. Is there someone who's been the pitching guru with the science and analytics who you've learned from or that other uh, pitching coaches would go to? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we got a lot of in-house people that have done a great job in uh, talking about this stuff, uh, Gil Patterson being one of them and, and Ron Romanic when he was here. I think we're ahead of our time. In, in a lot of this, you know, some of the technology and some of the stuff that I listen to, I'm like, well, we've done this five, six, seven years ago. Maybe there's just different terminology different now, terminology, right? Different terminology, better technology. I mean, we, we, we just didn't have the, the equipment to, to do the things and really get down into the root of that's exactly how it is. But, uh, you know, I think we, we've had advanced pitching coaches in this organization starting since I've been here, Rick Peterson, on to Ron Romanek, to Gil Patterson, and I'd like to think myself being creative and seeing the future. But a lot I've learned from, and we've talked about him earlier in, in the previous shows, is Marty Demerit. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he, this guy would draw angles with protractors on pictures of pitchers. So uh, I've learned a lot from him. The technology is great to have. We love it. Uh, we want to improve the pitchers, but you know there has to be a combination of old school and new school going into this pitching world. We can't just think, oh, well, he's got great spin and, and let's acquire him or he can do this and he can do that because of the spin. That, that doesn't tell me he's a great pitcher. Mm -hmm. You can have all the great attributes in the world and still not pitch, and you can have no attributes at all and still find a way to get hitters out. But it's a great combination to have. It's a great... Um, stir the pot talking uh talking uh whatever you want to say yeah. you know we, we we get to talk trash about both sides of it and uh, and talk positive about everything but at the end of the day if we got a guy who can spin the baseball really good on his four seamer he should have the ability to pitch up 
no matter what his velocity is because he can maintain that 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 uh, spin and, and pitch at the top of the zone. More times than not, guys with lower spin rates are going to throw more sinkers, throw balls more down at the bottom of the zone. And then the breaking ball becomes a whole different thing because you're trying to throw the top third of the ball with top spin to create some movement going down. All right, Scott Emerson is joining us on today's edition of Taking Effect as we continue our series, which has been fascinating for me and I hope for our listeners, uh, building a major league pitcher. So really what you're saying is you're not trying to reinvent pitching. You're just trying to, to find new ways to to teach and to help pitchers get better. Yeah, the technology helps my eyes, you know, if mm -hmm. I see something. An another interesting tool is uh, that it w we get is extension rate. And that's basically, like I said, that the ball is measured from 55 feet to the front of home plate. And that 55 feet is when the ball gets measured. So some pitchers can get out in front a little bit more and, and appear to be closer to the hitter. You know, you get a guy who throws the ball um, let's say 95 miles an hour and he's on a straight line where you get a guy who throws the baseball 93 miles an hour and he's offline the guy who's offline that 93 may go to 91 the guy on a straight line uh, his 95 may go to 96 and it's time the quickest point from one point to another is a straight line so if i can keep my stuff in a straight line going down the slope of the mound I'm going to get closer to the hitter. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember, you know, a couple pitching coaches talking to me uh, about years ago. Yeah, they went to a new organization and they were saying, you know, this organization really preaches extension rate. So I got to teach it. And I told them, well, you, you've been teaching it your whole life. It's called direction and finish. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean by the quickest point from one point to another is a straight line. If I'm going straight to the hitter with my delivery on a straight line, I get out in front of my front leg with my chest and my head goes to the catcher, I'm going to be as close as I can to the hitter as I can mm -hmm. possibly be. Whereas if I land a crossbody or I open up, I can't get the good extension rate with my chest to get out in front over my front leg. So I don't mm -hmm. get as close to the hitter. So, you know, the new terminology changes, uh, you know, how people talk about uh, extension mm -hmm. rate, which for me was balanced direction and finish. Now it's the new term is extension rate. For me, it's the same thing. It's, it's getting out, getting closer to the hitter. You know, and the other thing, too, is that it sounds like it might be a, a contradiction or maybe even an oxymoron to try to quantify deception. So can you quantify, like Yusmero Petit as a guy who has an average and maybe even now, uh, based on the numbers, a below average fastball, but a game earlier in June, he came in and faced Tampa Bay, faced four batters and struck out all four. How does a guy get deception like that? Well, that's where we're talking about on that extension rate. Use gets down the slope of the mound really well. He's got really good backspin to his fastball. He's, he appears to, to be close to the hitter when he gets down the slope of the mound. So his average fastball velocity-wise is 89. But to the hitter, his perceived velocity, that's kind of what we, we one of our terms also, is might be 91, 92 because he's gaining ground because he's online, he's got a good finish and he's getting close to the hitter and therefore his fastball plays a little bit harder than the number on the scoreboard gives us. Have you had pitchers, and we've talked about Mike Fires a lot and his great curveball and the, and the spin rate, have you been around pitchers who, based on the numbers, should have a good curveball, might have a, 
a really great spin rate, and yet their curveball is not an effective pitch for them? Yeah, we, we've seen some, some guys here that, uh, you know, got their curveball up uh, over 300 RPMs, which is really good. But, again, if you're bailing out on your mechanics, you're offering uh, a, a better look to the hitter, and you throw it inside the strike zone, uh, and the hitter sees it longer, the hitter has more of a chance to, to do damage to you. If you um, if you throw it and it bounces, obviously, you know, the good major league hitter is not going to chase balls outside the strike zone. So, you know, the good pitchers in the big leagues, you see, they throw balls that appear to be strikes, and then at the last, you know, few feet, they dive bomb out of the strike zone for balls, and they can get guys swinging and missing. So, you know, there's a combination. There's so many combinations. It's like, you know, every pitch is its own identity, and it's different. Uh, but we have seen guys that have had really good spins that haven't had any success. One, because you, you do have to throw quality strikes or be close enough to the plate with your pitches that the hitters have to offer something. You know, I'll, I'll go back to uh, Dan, Daniel Mengden's outing the other night. I thought he pitched a great game in St. Louis. One, because his misses were close to the strike zone. So now that, you know, his spins can, can be closer to the zone and out of the zone because they have to respect his misses being closer. When you come and, and you're kind of wild outside the strike zone and then you're in the strike zone, that gives the hitter a better look. You said something interesting to me about Mingdon uh, after that start, which was great, six innings of shutout ball, in that maybe to a certain degree with him less is more, in that when he throws harder, sometimes he can get out of his mechanics, so he's out of whack, and now the hitters get a better look um, at the release point get a better look at the ball as it's coming up there and that when he's a little he tries to overthrow that he opens up and now that the his um his command isn't nearly as good so can you can you have better spin and less velocity yeah uh yeah you're staying behind the baseball with with your hand we talked about it a little bit earlier where you're you're spinning the baseball 12 to 6 it's moving backwards in that access um, and then when you stay on your mechanics, you have a little bit of a chance, me being left-handed, maybe to move my fingers to, to 11 o'clock on the baseball and getting over the baseball to create a different access break, which about 11 o'clock for me would be a slider. Uh, between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock when I release the baseball would be a curveball. And if I can get to uh, 11 and a half, uh, you know, that might be my cutter. But when you're running away from your delivery, your hand starts getting on the side of the ball. It takes it, uh, a longer time for your hand to get over the baseball uh, at that point in time to create the spin, or your hand gets on the side of the baseball, and as you, as you pull it down to, to backspin it, you're on a side creating a totally different movement. Can the things we're talking about, Scott, be beneficial for a high school pitcher or a college pitcher? Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, just like developing any other pitcher, you have to be careful about how much information you're giving to a guy too quick, too soon. You know, these guys, you know, the average major league pitcher is in a strike zone 55% of the time. You throw a bullpen, and if my math cor is correct, you throw 20 pitches, that's only 11 inside the strike zone. You ask most people, I'll give some talks in the offseason and do some seminars, and, and everybody says, oh, the average major league pitcher throws the ball 75 80% in the strike zone. That's not even close, you know. These guys are working at uh, the average uh, major league um, strikes is 63%, with 64% being the fastball, 62% being the uh, breaking balls, and 63% being the uh, the changeup. And that includes swings outside the strike zone. So if you're if you're um, 
if you're in the strike zone on an average 55% of the time and 63 is the average strike, that's 8% chase, swing, and miss. That's not very many. So, How much time do you spend uh, studying all this stuff? Uh, 365 days a year. I mean, <laughs> you live it, though, I mean, don't I, you? I, I, I mean, you really do. You live it and you breathe it. I think, you know, the, the important thing is, you know, for me to know everything or as much information as I can. But what I said earlier is how much do I really want to give it to certain pitchers? You know, if you give too much information to certain guys, they overload, they process it wrong. or So you got to really be careful what you're trying to do. But, you know, with the technology, seeing is believing. You can get a guy with the rap soda. You can get a guy with the slow-motion cameras, and he throws a good pitch, and you ask him, hey, where, your, where was your hand position? He might tell you one thing. And boom, you can show them, no, it was actually here. So that, that really helps out. Uh, you know, there's plenty of times in, the, in baseball, especially years ago, when we used the good old v, VHS tapes that, you know, guys would say, that, man, that pitch was a good pitch. And I said, that ball was up. No, it wasn't, you know, that ball's not up. And then, you, you know, tomorrow you're running through the VCR and uh, the ball was up. You know, the pitchers sometimes just can't believe it or see it. But the one thing I want to talk about too, Ken, is, is the strike zone in the big leagues. When you look at the box on television mm-hmm. and you're realizing that everybody is using this system, it's taking out gravity. So when the ball leaves the pitcher's hand at a rate of speed, they calculate it. The spin, they calculate it. The axis of the spin, they calculate it, and the height of the release, they calculate it. Immediately when the ball is out of the pitcher's hand, boom, they exactly know where the ball is going in that box. But there's no gravity. They take out the gravity. So if you're in a ballpark that's windy, it might push the ball an inch or two. But the box might say, hey, it's in the box or it's out of the box. But since they can measure the ball immediately right out of the hand, they put it in the box on TV, and you look at it and go, no, that pitch wasn't there. That's a, that's a bad pitch, or that's a good pitch. Well, there's no gravity. So the umpire has the, the, the advantage of maybe the ball did catch the plate because the wind pushed it over, or it didn't catch the plate because the wind pushed it out. So, you know, so, wait, so you're saying that the box doesn't give us, who are watching the games on TV or – uh, for us in the broadcast booth and we have a TV monitor and we can see the replays, you're not getting a true sense of the strike zone through the box that they have on the televisions? That's correct. And uh, that's it. Well, let me rephrase that too. Uh, from what I've been told over the years, they may have changed this, that gravity does, has no uh, bearing on the box because they, they can only measure the spin of the ball. It's just like the home runs leaving the park. Oh, that ball went 465 feet. Okay, well, that's without the 30-mile-an-hour wind blowing out. That's without all that stuff. They, they don't know the weather at, at that point in time. Now, they can probably calculate the weather, and I don't know if they can put that on TV in an instance. Maybe we get all that information tomorrow. But um, as of what I've been told through the TrackMan system, gravity doesn't play a part in it. It just calculates what the ball does right at 55 feet, where it's spinning, where how high the ball is, where it's projection to go, and mm-hmm. we go from there. That's why the automated strike zone can scare me a little bit because now you got to find a way that you got to add gravity <laughs> into the mix. <laughs> so you mentioned you introduced uh, the term Rapsodo. Now, Rapsodo is kind of the device du jour around pitching in baseball and especially in spring training. When I would go down there um, in Mesa and watch your pitchers throw their bullpens, there was normally the Rapsodo machine was placed about, what, 10, 15 feet in front of home plate? 
So explain Rapsodo, what it does, and why it's beneficial. Yeah, Rapsodo, uh, it's 15 feet in front of home plate. It's on the ground. It used to be six feet behind the catcher, but uh, the catchers were having some issues with running into it. So Rapsodo changed their mind and put it 15 feet in front of home plate. It just, it's the same thing as TrackMan. It, it measures the ball of what the ball is actually doing. Now, it also it measures it in a straight line. So um, that's how we get the movement play. Um, just say a pitcher does throw a four-seam pitch and, and it's going 12 to 6, and they take out the spin of where the ball would go for a straight line, and then where the ball with the spin ends up, that's how they calculate the in-between the movement there but we use rap soto uh you know it's it's a good tool it, it's um a tool that we use every day in our bullpens at home uh, as we do video and um you know it, it's relative to what the guys doing each day in the bullpen you know i know in the bullpen our guys are probably throwing at 80 85 percent effort level so you're not always getting the, 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 the same spins that they're getting but i do know when we're making a change on a grip if he throws a pitch, let's just say 2,200 RPMs, and we make a change on his grip, and he throws it 23, whether whether or not you know his, he's at game speed or not, I know I at least know that relative that he gained 100 RPMs on that certain pitch. Is, is this as we're joined by Scott Emerson, the man known as Emo, the ace pitching coach on today's edition of Taking Effect, building a major league pitcher, uh, the science of pitching, things we've talked about today, um, Emo. Are these things being introduced in, in the low minors uh, when someone signs a contract with the A's and starts out in rookie ball? And if all the things are being introduced, then the minor league pitching coaches and the instructors, everyone has to have a knowledge of what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we use the Rapsodo and, and the high-speed cameras at, at our levels to, to uh, you know, build a database on each guy. You're, you're seeing all these... Uh, college tournaments and these kids going to these showcases are also having all this technology at uh, you know all levels of baseball and you can basically track a kid you know his whole life of how he spins the ball and how he plays um, it's good it's bad uh, on the case of well if you're not very good you know they can quantify that a lot quicker on you and, and determine you know how good of a player you're going to be but uh it's also good to the fact that you know it, it also teaches us that we know early but can they improve and what's the what's the gains of their spin rate that they can prove at 16 years old if you're 16 years old and you're throwing a four seam fastball 87 miles an hour at uh, 2100 rpms you know with the technology and with the um the information and the data that we're going to have over the next you know 10 years we'll know yes we can improve that with age we can improve that with velocity so moving forward the technology is it's it's here to stay uh, i've seen some new stuff that hasn't been broken out yet that um uh, i can't wait to to see that being broken out but you know i think us in the oakland a's organization we've we've done these things uh over the years um let's just say uh we've we've kind of uh used our own mm -hmm. technology or what we proprietary had. right well uh, well i mean you know we we've uh you know 
spin rate's nothing new. Right. You know, it's just uh, Rob Soto, TrackMan, and now StatCast, they've just come up with better ways to present the information to us, you know, where where I used to use, um, you know, our, our video and, and slow-mo it down and, and make the computer screen, the ball, a little bit bigger as it goes down the lane so I could see the this actual spin myself and... I, I would do that the same since I've been in this organization. Uh, I've used a good slow-mo thing, and um, but now it's easier with the better technology. Yeah, and you know, one of the things, too, about the A's, and it's been a positive thing about this season, is that the A's have so many great young pitchers coming up in the minor leagues and also rehabbing from injuries. Uh, you go right down the list, Lozardo, and hopefully he'll be back after the All-Star break. But then you look at Holmes and Caprillion and Jeffries and Manaya. Uh, guys that are trying to come back and all pitching right now, can technology help a pitcher who's rehabbing? And maybe along with that, uh, Scott, can can pitching can can the the advent of the uh, the emphasis on pitching technology can that help prevent injuries down the road? Well, I think so. It, it, you know, we, we you know we've been using the Rap Soto for two years, so all all our guys that are on the uh, on the men coming back, we have data from last year. We have data from when they're throwing the baseball well. So as they're making their way back to, to the big leagues or coming to the big leagues for the first time, we can compare the data from last year when they were doing good uh, to the data that uh, now that they were doing good. And you, and you also can use the data to determine if a guy, uh, for lack of a better term, has been unlucky. You know, you, you got some guys that, hey, you know, in reality, he's really throwing the baseball well. His spin rates are good. Uh, his movement is good. Uh, his location is good. The the uh, the exit velo from the hitters is, is below league average, so that's pretty good. Maybe he's a little bit unlucky. So, I mean, there's a lot of things going on, how we can spin the numbers to, to what we like and, and – you know, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, you still look big picture thinking, can this guy help you win uh, games at the big league level? And is he a World Series player for you? And, yeah. and that's what we want. You know, I want guys to go out there and compete. I want to look at the information and understand how I can get them better uh, without them really knowing, too, because I don't want to cloud their judgment that much and have them thinking and overthinking oh I got to spin it this way I got to spin it that way because I'll still tell you that location plays a, a very important key to pitching uh, change of speeds uh, a very uh, important key to pitching having movement a very uh, important key to pitching your effort level how you stay within your delivery a very important key to pitching and then velocity you got to have some and those are our five elements of pitching and then the the spins just kind of kind of cluster in with everything and and we can you know take a guy's spin and say hey you need to be throwing this more or you should be throwing this less you know and and now we're getting into evaluation which is a whole other fascinating topic and i'm Listen, I've been around a long time, right? This is my 35th year in, in professional baseball, so I'm still an ERA guy. And I'll concede that ERA doesn't take into account ballpark factors or bad luck or who you might have out there. Well, the, you can't, the, you, you you can't know, blame the pitcher you know, for pitching in I know, like, yeah. like defense, you know, defensive metrics, and then you get into things like Babbitt and, uh, and, and zone rates when you evaluate defenders. So if you look at, if you look at, at pitching and trying to evaluate uh, pitchers, what's the what are the most important stats that you'll look at? My, mine are, are team wins. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. At the, end, at the end of the day, you know. I mean, are you a win guy? Well, like they're now well, they're devaluing, well, win, uh, and evaluating pitchers and guys are winning Cy Young awards with twelve or thirteen wins. I mean, is is the win stat well, I, I uh, still an important stat for you? I mean, from from I, I you know to a degree. I mean, look, last year we won ninety seven games. That means our pitching staff outpitched the other team 97 times or we out hit the other team <laughs> right. 97 times so i mean the wins that's what we're playing the game for so there's still got to be some thought to to having the w but you know i understand where they're going with the wins might might not uh generally correlate of how a guy is pitching because you know sometimes shoot uh you might want to leave a pitcher in in the seventh inning because he gives your chance, your team a chance to win a game, yet he ends up taking the loss where you could have taken him out of the game after six and no runs. Maybe he goes out for the seventh and gives up a two-run homer. Now his game looks like six innings, two runs, rather than six scoreless. So, I mean, it's the way, too, you got to look in and read the stats. It, 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 at the end of the season, it'll, it'll give you a good story, but it, it won't give you the complete story necessarily. So what do you like? Are you, are you still an well, ERA guy? Well, uh, uh, yeah, I like ERA, but you know, I like I like uh, five to one strikeout to walk ratio. Right. I, I I like uh, hits under innings pitched. But one of the, one of the real uh, things that I really do like is WHIP. If you mm-hmm. look up at the scoreboard, Walk, well, that walks and hits to innings pitched. Yeah, if you look and one three five is generally something I look for. If you're you're under one point three five, you're you're generally going to be pitching good or pitching a lot for your team. If you're over that, you might not be. Now sometimes you'll look up and you'll see a guy with a one point one two whip, but his ERA is five. That tells me that this guy's got good stuff. He just can't get the innings over with quick enough, you know. So uh, throws too many pitches or gives up a lot of home runs. Gives up a lot of home runs. Uh, So, but I I like you know our guys to go out there. Eleven point five base runners per nine innings. You know we're we're gonna give up base runners. We're gonna walk guys. That's just that's what the game is. You know I I laugh because I've always had managers. You know uh, you know they give you a jab about. Man, I hate two out walks, and and I would kid them and say, well, I'll have them walk them with no outs. You know which ones? Right, you, you, yeah, right. you don't want. I don't want any walks. But there are. Well, you the might game. walk my trout with nobody out. Yeah, that'd be that'd be on purpose though. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I mean, you know, hit two o two hits. You know, you hate to see them, but they're gonna happen. I mean, you know, me, I just let the game, let the game play out. Uh, continue to teach the game. Each and every day, um, you know, why why is a good pitch a good pitch? Why is a bad pitch a bad pitch? You know, you, you'll make you'll make bad pitches and get away with it, and you'll make good pitches and not get away with it. You know, I think exit velo uh, nowadays is a really great tool to look at um, based on hey, this guy this guy pitches to soft con- he gets a lot of soft contact. He really doesn't get hit hard. So you got to determine you know how he's getting his outs that way. I mean, there's so many different stats i mean i i know one thing that uh i, I weighed i was pretty heavy ken before i got here yeah, like yeah. really heavy more heavier than i am now and i need to lose weight now but i did system and lost 61 off season right okay if i did another program and i did it legitimately i would have lost 60. so it's how we how you pick your stats and how you pick your numbers and what right. you're looking at uh you know some teams look at a different stat and and some teams don't believe in a certain stat and that's just that's the that's the beauty of the game you know is is 
but at the end of the game, at the end of the day, get back to the original question, W's wins. That's what we're here for. You know, I, I leave the house in, in February. I leave the wife and dog to expect to win a World Series. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for. I, you know, I'm, I'm here to win the World Series. Uh, anything else isn't good enough. Yeah, but, the other th- yeah. No, I think that um, in the man- Bob Melvin would certainly second that as well. I mean, results are the bottom line. But a big part of your job also... Uh, Scott is game planning so you evaluate your own pitchers you're trying to get them better things that you can do to improve their performance but uh, before a ball game before a series you're going to work with your starting pitchers and your catchers you're going to get together and try to work on a game plan uh, facing the opposition so how much data do you use when you're starting to develop the plan for an opposition where does it come from and then what about the impl- implementation of that well that that's that's a great question you know uh i got great help too i got uh marcus jensen our bullpen coach is a, a great help uh, pike goldschmidt one of our analysts helps us out uh our catchers you know our catchers are huge at helping out in game planning but at the end of the day the pitchers you know um i always tell them look i, I don't want to do the, all the game planning for you it, then I might as well take the test you know I, I, I want these guys to, to surf their information and study for the test it's a lot easier taking the test when you study believe me I've been there before where you're trying to cram and you don't you don't really have all the information that you want and you go out there and you're oh man like when I was in college oh man I, I gotta be when, when I could have buckled down and, and really grinded into uh, my study of getting that A and sometimes that's not going to happen because it's a, it's a physical performance, the baseball game. But the pitchers need to go out there and be prepared. This is Major League Baseball. The hitters are prepared. We need to go out there and be prepared. Marcus, myself, Pike, and the catchers can do a lot and, and help out. But the pitchers who go out there and prepare are, are, are guys that, that we're looking for. You know, If you, plan, if you uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. You know, so we want guys that are students of the game. We want guys, why did you make that pitch? And I want an answer. I don't want, oh, because I don't know. I want them to tell me. And if, if I disagree, then, then I'll tell them why I disagree. But if, if they disagree, I want them to tell me why they disagree on what I'm saying. So the game plan to me is you can execute a pitch, but if the hitter's looking for it or you've thrown so many in the same spot, you can get hurt. But if you execute the right selection, you're going to have a good game. You know, in golf, and I know you have a real background in golf, if you're trying to figure out what kind of shot to hit, and they've always said that it's better to be convicted on the wrong shot than not to be convicted on the right shot. So, in other words, you have to have the belief in what you're doing, even though maybe maybe it's the wrong pitch to throw in a situation, but if you throw it with, with conviction... Maybe that's better than throwing the right pitch without conviction. Well, that's why the, you know we. I think we've talked about this about the major league pitcher. You got to have the ability to throw your fastball wherever you want. You got to have the ability to go soft behind in the count. And when you can do that, you're you're pitching to a strength and the hitter's weaknesses. So you know if you can't go soft behind in the count. And this guy looking for a fastball, and you, no matter how convicted you are, and you throw it, he gets the advantage. Right. So you got to find a way, the major league pitcher, to be able to do everything, and that's the type of guys that we're looking for. Is the guy that has a strength that can exploit the hitter's weakness, and he can throw that pitch 
with conviction. Have we? Have I asked all the, the right stuff today? Is there anything else you'd like to, to delve into on the show? Well, I'm, I'm sure I'll forget something. I mean, there's <laughs> so much going on in this game, the technology of this game. Uh, I might have missed something earlier on the well, we'll have a, rates, we'll have a We'll have plenty of more shows. I maybe mean, we're, we, maybe we're, we, we're just halfway through the season. Maybe we can have the fans have a question. <laughs> That'd be great. We'll send you a question on your, yeah. your Twitter account, and, and we'll get to that. But... Uh, I don't have a Twitter account, that's why. But, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, all this is great. Um, it's great information. It's useful information. But at the end of the day, the pitchers have to go out and apply the information. And if they can't apply the information, they got to go on what you said earlier. they got to be convicted of what they're going to throw, whether it's right or wrong. If they, But, you know, like I said, if we can get guys who are convicted at throwing the right pitch at the right time, they're going to have a lot of success. All right, we're going to we're going to use the Chris Townsend A's uh, A's access um, A's cast text line, and we'll have people. Maybe they can text in some questions, and we'll we'll delve into that on a future show. And Emo, this was great, a lot there, of fun. There's you know, I love this stuff, you know, and I love pitching. Well, I love baseball in general, but you know, the technology world is coming, and if you're not studying and, and uh, you know, not the the sound. Uh, whatever but some of this has been predicted you know i'm like this is what's going to happen in this we're going to have these these radar devices and we're going to know exactly what balls and stuff can do i think you know one of my great sounding boards is our hitting coach darren bush we've been here uh, together in this organization since 2005 and we look at each other sometimes and laugh and say we came up with that in yeah. 2007 we just didn't have the money to do this yeah, we didn't right. have the we you, just, don't, we don't you know, didn't have the terminology yeah right. we didn't know how to write a program or yeah. we didn't know how to get these cameras or we don't have the money for all this stuff so you know i, I think i you know i use darren as a as a great friend but as a great sounding board in baseball because i think he's he's a very smart uh baseball person and uh, but there's a lot that he's thought about that we, we bounce a lot of ideas off of. We wish we could have been uh, ahead of that. Well, we, we, we think we were ahead of that. We just had to do it in a li- little different mm-hmm. way. I yeah. remember spray charts. I'm using a, a Microsoft uh, paint program and I'm drawing lines on a baseball field on my paint yeah. program and I'm doing hot zones on that stuff. So, but now it's a lot easier when somebody else is giving you the information. Yeah. All right, Scott Emerson joining us as we continue our series, Building a Major League Pitcher, on today's edition of Taking Effect. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.